All attendees are in listen-only mode. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the V Brown Bag US. This evening, we are lucky to have Brian Graff for an episode of the DRS Doctor. Um, a little bit of a housekeeping real quick before we get the party started. Uh, VM Underground Opening Acts, uh, find out more about it on vmunderground.com. As always, you can check us out at vmworkprofessional.com. Get in on the conversation, either through the Q&A um, panel for the people that are listening live or through uh, the Twitters, Twitter hashtag vbrownbag. I'll be monitoring and answering que and, and funneling questions to the DRS doctor as we go. And of course, Brian Graff is presenting. My name is Chris. And away we go. Uh, Great. Kick it over Thanks, to you, Chris. Brian. Perfect. Uh, press enter. And yes, I am sure. <laughs> Great. All right, let's see here. Make sure I pick the right screen here. I see it. V Brownback DRS Doctor. Perfect. All right, guys, thank you for uh, attending, and uh, I'm excited to, to be presenting here on DRS Doctor. Um, I was asked, I was kind of voluntold to, uh, to do this, uh, which is good because I've been um, off and on with, uh, with V Brown Bag uh, for about three years as far as uh, watching live or, or watching some of the recorded sessions. So I guess it's about my turn to, uh, to take a, a, a stab at being the presenter. Uh, just real quick about me, uh, for those of you that don't know me, uh, like Chris said, my name is Brian Graff. I work at VMware as a senior product manager for the distributed resource management features. Uh, so there's a lot of sub-features in there, but the main features that I work on are DRS, HA, DPM, and then everything else that's included in there, so resource pools, maintenance mode, uh, and a number of other things uh, that we're working on for uh, future versions of, of vSphere. I live out here in Utah. I love the mountains. Um, I've been out here most of my life. Uh, I can't escape all the, the outdoor activities. So I love to golf, um, fly, spend time with, uh, with my family uh, when I'm not working. So what we'll walk through today uh, is we'll just kind of do a quick overview of DRS Doctor. Uh, and then we'll jump in to actually talk about a few things uh, around DRS. Right, because DRS Doctor is there to help us understand DRS, so let's get a few things straight about how DRS works, and then we'll jump back into DRS Doctor, uh, and we'll go through uh, pretty much everything there. So I've got a, a couple environments set up. Uh, I may be jumping back and forth between uh, the, the lab and the uh, presentation um, as we go. So what is DRS Doctor? So DRS Doctor is a VMware Fling, and for those of you that don't know what a VMware Fling is, it's generally a, uh, an engineer developer at VMware, or you know, just uh, I guess anyone actually can come up with an idea, and, and they think it's cool, and they think it may be helpful, uh, and so they build it, either by themselves or with a small team, and then they post it on the VMware Fling site. And all the VMware Flings are unsupported. Um, but generally they have, uh, they have some good benefits. So DRS Doctor is one of those flings. It's unsupported. You can grab it. You can use it. Uh, but you, uh, if you try and open a ticket or a, uh, an issue with GSS, they, they will not take it. Um, 
one of the great things about these, though, is as you guys in the community use these, try them out, and give us feedback, we're able to better understand, hey, is this something that we should invest in, in putting into the product, right? And we've seen several flings go from flings to actually being implemented into uh, or integrated into some of the VMware products. Uh, so that's, that's kind of cool. Um, besides that, DRS Doctor uh, is a command line tool. You can use it on uh, whatever operating system you prefer. Uh, we have seen that uh, there's a bug doing this on, on Mac OS. So uh, Linux and Windows are probably preferred. And what it will do is it will record data about DRS and what DRS is doing. Uh, one of the big uh, challenges that some of our customers have is that DRS is kind of like a black box. Uh, it does what it does. It does what it's supposed to. but at the end of the day, sometimes people sit back scratching their heads going, well, why did DRS decide to move uh, these virtual machines? Or why did, did DRS not move uh, other virtual machines? So DRS Doctor goes in and it will actually create logs um, and uh, give a better readout of, of why DRS is doing what it's doing and some additional information that we'll talk about here in just a few minutes. And then this is all, like I said, it's, it's all outputted into an easy-to-read log um, or logs. So once generated every five minutes, they can really add up. We'll talk about that too. Um, but the other ways that we can do this are uh, DRS will create what's called a DRM dump. And that resides in a folder on a Windows vCenter. Um, but if you're using the vCSA, you actually have to generate um, your vC uh, log bundles to be able to get that and you have to go in and decipher that and generally in the past uh, it usually takes a VMware engineer uh, to to look through these and run through them to decipher what's going on so none of that is ideal and that's where DRS doctor comes in and it wouldn't be good of me to continue on without talking about the, the three folks that created this so we have three of our uh, engineers over in India um, Adarsh, Sai and, and Vikas and they got together and, and they created this and uh, they've done a great job. So shout out to them. All right, so let's talk a little bit about vSphere DRS, right? So in a perfect world, um, every, every vCPU, every virtual machine would have its own um, direct access to a physical CPU, right? Uh, it, in this type of uh, environment or in this type of world here, there's never any ready states because there's always a physical CPU to execute the thread for the virtual machine. But as we all know, we don't live in the perfect world and other times we try to um, increase or get as much out of our, our resources as we can and so we see something like this, which is more of a, a real-world situation, if you could try to, to visualize it, which is um, oversubscribing, overcommitting. This is like a, about a 4 to 1 ratio. So as you can tell, virtual machines, uh, the vCPUs, may be using threads uh, from other physical uh, processors or cores within the host. So if we take the simplified uh, illustration of the oversubscription and how it leads to contention, you can see that the virtual machines on the left, um, the ones with the purple and yellow lines, uh, each have their own threads that they're able to execute on. But the, the other VMs uh, over to the right are sharing some of the same CPUs. Now, uh, luckily, most of the time, the uh, the CPUs or the virtual machines are not always executing 
uh, every second, right? And so there's there's times where the threads are open uh, and that they can um, switch off between different uh, VMs. And we have a scheduler as well uh, within the the hypervisor that allows us to do that. But if you look here, the um, in this scenario, if they were all running 100% of the time, uh, the the processors with the red lines underneath them would have contention, right? They'd have uh, they'd be having issues. So DRS comes in um, for a number of different reasons, not just CPU. We'll talk about memory in a minute, uh, and it does policy-based workload management, right? So what do I mean by that? We have resource policies, we have entitlements. Uh, we have resource pools, and we have limit shares and reservations. And anyone that's done their, their VCP on uh, or works in, in larger environments has probably had to deal with limits and shares and reservations at some point uh, in time in their environments. Uh, DRS also does affinity rules and anti-affinity rules. So these are called DRS groups or DRS rules, uh, and they will allow virtual machines to uh, either stay together on a host or split virtual machines between hosts or even make sure that a VM stays within a group of, of ESX hosts. From an automation standpoint, uh, DRS is used for load balancing. Uh, essentially, this is, is what we like to call entitlement-based resource allocation. And what that is is it just says, do the virtual machines that are running on these hosts have the resources that they need to execute correctly? To, do they have all the resources that they need to uh, we, we like to say to be happy, right? VM happiness. Um, and then it also does a, a cost-benefit analysis every time that DRS runs. And we'll talk a little bit about that as well because that plays into how DRS makes the decisions that it makes uh, and will help you guys understand better kind of what, what's going on within DRS. Uh, and then we have what we call initial placement. Uh, internally, we, we tend to call it initial placement. Uh, I know some places outside we also use that term, but that's essentially when you're powering on a virtual machine or you're creating a new virtual machine, uh, where is it being placed? So uh, if you've got DRS enabled on a cluster uh, and you go to deploy a new virtual machine, you don't have to select a host, right? You can select the cluster and DRS will, will place it on a host. And that's not done just at random. There's uh, calculations and algorithms that choose the best location for that. Uh, and then the other big thing for DRS is around host evacuation. So uh, rolling upgrades with, with VOM or maintenance mode, um, DRS handles the redistribution of virtual machines uh, during those rollouts um, and when those, virtual, or when those hosts come back online. Okay, so now that we understand a little bit about what DRS does, let's talk a little bit about um, some of the metrics that are used, right? Um, and I've tried working with engineering to say, hey, can you guys kind of give me a cheat sheet that I can use with, with customers? Um, but as, as with any algorithm, right, it gets to be really complex. We have a number of different stats uh, and metrics that are always used uh, when we're doing initial placement and load balancing. But a few of the, uh, the important VMs that we uh, sorry, the uh, VM metrics that we tend to use have to do with you know, the CPU active, the run, and the peak. Um, so the active being the amount of activity um, that the virtual CPU uses over a given uh, time frame. You've got your, uh, your run time and then the peaks, right? What, what's the max? What did it get to over a specific uh, amount of time? You've got your memory overhead. You've got how fast that, that's increasing. 
and then active consumed and idle memory. We'll talk a lot about that because this is probably one of the key areas where people get confused about, about DRS and how it works and why sometimes they wonder why it seems like DRS is not balancing their clusters correctly. And then we have other things like shared memory pages, uh, ballooning, swapping. Uh, hopefully no one ever has swapping going on, but uh, it does happen sometimes. But at the end of the day, the biggest uh, metric or, or resource that, that it will use is making sure that the VMs are receiving the resources that they need, right? DRS will not do um, vMotions or, or rebalancing workloads if everything already has the resources that it needs. Do you have any questions there? Yeah, uh, actually, um, two, two questions from Graham. Um, the, the first one is, are there any plans to make the rules more cluster or site aware? Excuse me, aware? Yeah, so um, that's actually a, a great thing that you bring up. I can't really talk about it, um, okay. but uh, it, it's good to hear. We, we've definitely heard people. Um, express interest in there being uh, site awareness, especially when you're talking about you know stretched clusters or um, when you're talking about hyperconverged. Um, we we are looking at uh, a lot of different use cases right now, uh, and that is definitely on our roadmap. Um, but it's it's something that uh, we we need to continue to um, work with a little bit more uh, and fine tune. Yeah, it sounds like uh, metro clusters is the use case that he's that he's talking about. The the okay. other question that he had was um, in DRS when you uh, when you don't have any guests with a reservation, uh, DR, DRS gives a default share of zero. Um, uh, hold on, why why does DRS give a default share of zero when the guest doesn't have a reservation? I think I got that right way around. So that when you tell DRS to leave a fifty percent capacity buffer, uh, it doesn't work as expected. Um, I'm not quite sure I, I completely understand that. So there's, there is a default um, reservation for each virtual machine for both CPU and memory, and I, I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but it's small. It's like 56 megahertz uh, or something like that. Right. But as far as, as, far as shares go, um, shares are never an issue unless there's a lot of resource contention. Right, so shares uh, are not looked at unless uh, everything is under a high load, and then they have to come in, and DRS has to actually determine um, which VMs are going to receive priority over others. Okay. So I'm 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 sorry I I don't have the uh, the answer. I, maybe we could talk offline, and and I could understand the question a little better. Okay, sure. All right. Uh, all right. So going on. Um, so during initial placement, like I said, um, one of the biggest things that happens is the algorithms that, that go into effect, they say, you know, um, how can I ensure the, that there's the least amount of performance impact on the virtual machines that are, are already running, okay? And then during load balance, we say, how can we ensure that there's the, the least amount of impact on both the source and destination host if I'm moving virtual machines around? Right, and, and we'll talk about that a little bit too, around how vMotions uh, have impacts. Load balancing will always have some form of an impact because of what we're doing, right? DRS tries to have the least amount of impact there. So this is uh, an area that I kind of want to focus on really quickly. Uh, I'll just kind of bring all these up. Um, there are certain constraints, and, and I think it's good that we talk about this, especially for those people that are working on their, uh, their VCAP exams or, or working towards their, um, 
the vCenter Advanced Professional uh, certifications, uh, understanding some of the constraints of DRS. So uh, affinity rules and anti-affinity rules, although some people really like to use them, every time you create an affinity rule or an anti-affinity rule, you're creating a constraint that DRS has to work around. Right? So if you're creating rules about where virtual machines can and cannot be placed or which other virtual machines they cannot be paired with, um, depending on how overboard you may go with, uh, with these DRS rules, um, you can make it really hard for DRS to, to balance out the cluster properly. And part of that de depends on the number of virtual machines and the number of hosts, uh, but just, just keep that in mind as you're working on it. Um, number of concurrent vMotions. Uh, and the time to complete vMotions, these are all taken into account. Uh, so obviously using uh, a 10 gig network for vMotions is going to make things a lot easier. You can have more concurrent vMotions, they complete faster, they have less of a cost on your environment. And DRS will um, take those, those numbers and, and it understands what the speed of the network is for the vMotion traffic and it will compute that and, and use that accordingly. But you can see that uh, you know, a vMotion over a one gig link may have a higher cost than a vMotion over a 10 gig link. Uh, vCPU and PCPU ratios, um, they also can be a constraint if you're using advanced options as well. Um, this, can, this can create uh, specific constraints. But overall, um, you know, this is, this is a big part of the decision making. So as you're looking at how you're uh, how you're operating your environment, let's say day two operations, right? Uh, you need to be aware that the, the things that you're doing in your environment can have an impact on how well DRS can work. So the cost of a virtual machine is, is just weighed, and we do this, this kind of a what-if scenario. Um, and we go through every time that DRS runs every five minutes, it goes through the algorithm, and it says, all right, um, you know, is this uh, host a good fit for virtual machine X, right? And part of uh, what's considered, as you can see here, uh, is that when you're doing a vMotion, uh, there's a, a definitely a, a small um, to large CPU hit, depending on what type of host you're using. Uh, one gig um, network for, for vMotions will use 30% of, of the CPU core, um, and then uh, 100% of a CPU core for, for 10 gig vMotion. And there will also be uh, memory consumed on both the source and the destination virtual machine as it's performing the vMotion uh, during the DRS rebalances. Um, so there's a few things to consider here and, and to understand as it's going through and determining uh, the, the best place for virtual machines. So I want to take a quick minute and talk about uh, memory and why this is so important. Um, DRS uses active memory when it's making its decisions for, uh, for the DRS load balancing. Okay? And active memory is, like it says on the screen, it's going through and it does a calculation over recently touched uh, pages and it will sample a certain amount and see if they're active or if they're hot. And depending on the amount of active memory uh, plus a buffer, which you'll see here in just a second, 25% uh, buffer is what DRS uses by default to calculate uh, memory usage for virtual machines. And this is important to understand because if you look at the, uh, the UI, uh, and this is where people get really confused, is as you can see here I've got four hosts 
and my consumed memory percentages are all over the place. And customers will look at this and go, look, DRS isn't doing what it's supposed to. And when in fact, it's not, it's not basing itself off of consumed memory, right? It's basing it off of active memory. Now this is something that, uh, that I've taken on since I've, I've started here and we're going to change this with the UI uh, to make sure that we can start showing uh, as well um, active memory or, or another metric here that will make it easier for the customers to understand that things are being load balanced. Um, the consumed memory is not a, a good indicator generally because you can give a virtual machine, for example, uh, a, a Windows machine, let's say that an admin gives it 32 gigs of RAM. Uh, it's possible that when you power on Windows that it, it consumes uh, potentially all of it or almost all of that memory, but the active memory may be less than a gig. Okay. From an admin's point of view, you see that 32 gigs is being consumed. From a uh, overcommit, from a virtualization perspective, only one gig of that's actually being used, and you shouldn't be balancing based off of the inactive memory. Right? It's memory that's uh, been grabbed, but it's not actively being touched. It's not being leveraged. Uh, Linux is a little bit better because generally Linux doesn't go in and just grab all the memory when you power it on. It uses it. Uh, as it needs to, um, but it, it's just something to be aware of. So when, you're, when your environment says you're at 90% utilization for consumed memory uh, and you're wondering why DRS hasn't uh, pushed some of the virtual machines from that one to a host that's at 50% consumed memory, it's because it's balanced on active and the actives are, are roughly the same. Okay. So if you go into the, the monitoring tab for a cluster, uh, and you click on the vSphere DRS tab, you see here, uh, it's just another place where you can see this graph of uh, consumed memory. So as you see this, it, eh, it looks like it could be balanced out okay, and that's mostly because I've, I'm running all the same workloads across all the different uh, hosts here. But uh, you'd have to look at the performance charts uh, or ESX stop to see the active memory. So what I'm showing here is uh, on the right-hand side, when you go into your performance charts for a, a cluster, you can see that I've got the granted and the active memory. So um, the, the granted is pretty much just memory that's mapped to the, the machine memory. Uh, it includes shared memory, um, but it doesn't include any sort of overhead, which is usually pretty small. But as you can see here, my active memory at one point, right between 320 and 330, uh, becomes right about the same as the granted. Uh, and at that point, DRS kicked in, um, and it actually, uh, we'll look at some of the logs, but it actually took place, it's, it's been doing vMotions and uh, load balancing throughout uh, these time periods. Now, if you're doing DRS and you're not running it in fully automated mode, well, actually, if you are running it in fully automated mode, you won't see these recommendations. Okay. In fully automated mode, DRS will just go out and do what it needs to do. If you have DRS set up in manual mode, you have to see these recommendations and you have to apply the recommendations every time. That could mean checking in on this every five minutes. It could mean that you just don't take the recommendations for a certain number of hours. Uh, but if you turn it to manual and you let DRS run, you'll get a small sense of kind of what's going on with DRS. So you'll see here that uh, there are four recommendations and there's priorities. 
So those priorities are mapped to the migration threshold, choosing how sensitive DRS is. So the priority five is a virtual machine that wouldn't move unless you had the setting uh, at migration threshold five. Um, three is the default, and so you can see that uh, there's a number of, of uh, if you had this set to migration threshold five, five, four, three, and two, any of those priorities would uh, be recommended and applied if this were in fully automated mode. We're going to go in and, and use DRS Doctor to see pretty much the same types of reasons that we have here, but we'll also see the entitlements. So with that, let's jump over to use, uh, to use DRS Doctor. So um, there are some requirements for, for DRS Doctor, uh, and you'll see them here on the Fling site. Uh, the, the two big things are that it requires Python 2.7.6 or higher, and then a few Python modules. Okay? And, and there's uh, instructions on where to get those and how to get those. I'm going to go ahead and move my workstation stuff up. Um, but a question? To, to yeah. Uh, does it work in Python 3? Uh, yes, it would, because okay. it's 2.7.6 or higher. Gotcha. So, yeah, great question. So, there are a number of steps that you have to take, um, and Matt Meyer, who's uh, the technical marketing manager that uh, wrote up the, the how-to for this, actually, if I go back to the DRS Doctor page, uh, has instructions here that you can, you can download this PDF on how to install this on CentOS. Um, James Green from the community also did this on Windows, uh, and then I'm going to show here tonight how I did this on Photon, uh, VMware's open source OS, and um, I'm going to write up a blog post hopefully tonight or tomorrow morning uh, with the steps and with the script for, for this to uh, be used by anyone. So you'll, you'll go ahead and see all the different uh, packages that get installed, uh, which is why I prefer to do this in an automated fashion. So just using this, I have a, a recently deployed Photon OS virtual machine, and I've typed in this one command here to go and get a uh, install file from uh, my Dropbox, and we'll grab that really fast, hopefully. So once we've grabbed that and we download it to our local machine, um, please work. It normally does not take this long. We'll give it a, another 30 seconds or so, and if it doesn't work, then I will just show you a video of how this works. Uh, because I did a, a complete install start to finish uh, in 90 seconds, which is one of the, another reason why I like Photon. All right. Well, shoot, we'll go to the movie. That's why I like to have backups. All right, so this is DRS Doctor on Photon. So you'll see up here at the top that I start out. Uh, I have just grabbed that file with wget. Um, I go ahead and change the file to an executable that you can see there, and I run the, the shell script. And it will go ahead and it will start to install the packages that I need for DRS Doctor. Um, and as you can see, it's, uh, it's kind of nice to have this automated here. It'll download and install the Perl packages that it requires. 
and then once this part is done, it will automatically kick you into the configuration file for DRS Doctor uh, that you need to set up to point to your vCenter and the cluster that you want to manage. So we'll see that here in just a second. All right, so in here we have our configuration file, and you'll just need to edit the VCIP, the VC user in the cluster. So here I put in my the IP address for my vCenter server. Uh, I go ahead and put in the password. I'm just using the default administrator password, and I put in the cluster that I want to monitor. Uh, if I save this, I can then run DRS Doctor. once I go to the correct folder. And it will ask me for my password. So I'll go ahead and put in the password associated with the username and it will start generating reports. So this log is the first that will uh, be created every five minutes. All right, so easy enough, especially with the install script. You can be up and running in about 90 seconds. Um, but how does DRS Doctor work? So this is something to keep in mind, especially because, like I said, it's a fling and it's not supported. DRS Doctor will place the cluster that you choose into partially automated mode. So if you've got it set in fully automated mode, uh, when DRS Doctor uh, turns on like we just did here at the very end, it will kick it down into partially automated mode, but it will act on every recommendation immediately as if it were in fully automated mode. And this is just something that the fling has to do to be able to grab the the information uh, for the log files. So we're hoping to we're hoping to change that up in the future to be able to do this as well um, straight from the uh, the fully automated mode. Um, but the one thing to to remember is when you're done using DRS Doctor, you need to go ahead and go back into your cluster and change that to fully automated mode. So we'll go ahead and close out of this one. But let's say that you've you've run DRS Doctor for a while. Um, and you want to see what, what things look like. So I've got a few different uh, VMs up, and this one here, you can see I've got a lot of log files. Every five minutes for um, uh, about a day and a half. So instead of having to go through each one of these log files, which we can, we can definitely take a look at some of these, I'll jump over to the UI version of the, of the CentOS to look at individual ones. Um, I will, I'll show you that we have this log parser that will go ahead and wrap all these up for us. Before we do that, I'll come over here to um, this, this CentOS machine and we'll go into the DRS doctor uh, folder and we'll see this folder called logs. So in here, we have our logs like we had before, and then we created summary entitlement and audit logs. And what this does is it just parses out all the data um, from all the different logs that you have in the folder and places the, uh, the relevant information into each of these logs. Chris, any questions? Uh, one quick one. Uh, can you monitor multiple clusters, or do you need a separate Linux machine? Fantastic question. You can do uh, multiple clusters. You just need to have a different, uh, you need to have another um, instance of DRS Doctor running. So in this case, I could create multiple folders and just top, uh, toss in the DRS Doctor um, files into each folder and just change the config to point to a different cluster each time.
Gotcha. Uh, we're, hoping, we're hoping to change that in, a, in another version, uh, but currently it's just one cluster at a time. All right, so let's go ahead and open one of these. Uh, this one, we'll, we'll see what we have in here. So this is what a DRS Doctor log will look like. Um, what we have here is um, a beginning summary. So one of the big issues that people have is that eh, they don't always know what the advanced options are that are running in that cluster. They don't know what the DRS rules are that are running in that cluster. Um, and so if there are any uh, affinity or anti-affinity rules, it will output those uh, in, in each of the log files. So it's a really easy and quick way for someone to go in and see what is running in this, what are my advanced options set at, uh, without having to go into the UI and dig through that. It then also shows the cluster balance. So you can see here that my current balance uh, is 259 and the target balance is 35. Um, obviously, it's imbalanced. And this is because I put everything around. I ran uh, a bunch of um, stress tests on a bunch of virtual machines. I used PowerCLI to kick these off on, on 20 different VMs on the four hosts and let them run. Underneath the summary, we can see different tasks that we're running. So you can see here that we had an apply recommendation for, um, for the cluster at a specific time. And then the uh, recommendations here uh, we'll see again. But this is a rating 4, or threshold 4. And it says we should migrate VM17 from host 2 to host 1 at a specific time. So we can use that as part of our logging. And the reason here is fairness CPU average. Okay, now, now that doesn't come out and say exactly why DRS did this, but it gives us a better understanding. Obviously, there was some sort of CPU contention at that time. We'll jump down uh, a little bit further on to, to see a little bit more about this. So remember VM17. Um, we also have applying recommendations for VM18, and then a few other tasks running inside as well. If we scroll down a, um, a little bit more, we should be able to get to, uh, looks like we had a, a little bit of an error here, we to, uh, to the entitlements. So we can see the virtual machines with their, their uh, VM IDs, uh, the VM name, and then we can see a lot of the entitlements that DRS looks at. And granted, this isn't all the entitlements or all the metrics that DRS uses, but it gives us a better understanding of, of what's going on here. Um, in this instance, uh, VM TMPL has an entitlement of 15 megahertz, which is, is nothing, right? The demand is 23, and the used is 40, okay? Um, you, we can dig into these and, and talk about these a little bit more. There's a great blog post on the vSphere, um, blogs.vmware.com slash vSphere on how to use this and on what everything here means. But this is, as you can see, a really easy way for us to look and say, okay, at this time, uh, at, uh, what is that, 5.16 uh, p.m., I was able to see the entitlement and the resources being used by each of my virtual machines in this cluster. Um, above each one, it will show you kind of an, an overall host utilization as well. So from a host level, you can see what the CPU capacities are and entitlements are and the percentage used of, of both CPU and memory for that host. If I scroll down to the bottom, you'll see uh, after those four uh, hosts, you'll see I've got four other hosts here 
that don't have any VMs on them. Uh, that's because these hosts are in maintenance mode. Uh, I took them out so it would be easier to show on, on fewer hosts. Uh, but as you can see, it gives you a complete encapsulation, quick overview of what's going on in your environment. Okay. Uh, after that, there's an audit. Uh, and this is something that people have been asking for for a long time. So if this is something you find uh, useful or interesting, please, please comment on the blog. Please comment on Twitter uh, in the VMware forums. Uh, if this is something that you, you feel is useful, um, it's, that's the type of feedback that we can use uh, to better the product uh, in future releases. What this does is it says, tell me everything that occurred in the last five minutes. Right? So VMs migrated uh, is saying, all right, there were seven vMotions that occurred in this cluster. Uh, as you can see, the DRS recommended all seven of those. So those, those were all done by DRS. Um, and VMs placed would be uh, power-ons or, or new virtual machines or um, user-initiated vMotions. So at any given time, you can go back through and see why things moved um, and, and when and which virtual machines they were. Um, so as you can see here, uh, in this time, all of these were getting hammered uh, from a CPU perspective. The fairness CPU average is, is what was used to, um, to uh, kind of load balance this out. All right. How are we doing on questions, Chris? Do we have any more? Um, one quick question. Uh, can it run from initd as a service? I would, I have not tried. Um, I wouldn't put anything else on, on those machines. Um, it's not difficult. To, like in this, in this example, uh, Photon OS is only like 200 megs and one vCPU uh, gotcha. and it's free. So I would, I would recommend doing it on, uh, on a separate virtual machine. Okay, uh, and one other comment uh, was, would be cool if, uh, if that could also export the logging to your central syslog server. That would also be good. That's a that's a great comment. Um, it's something where I was I was hoping to try to, to set this up with like log insight before this uh, <laughs> before right. this webinar, but I, I just didn't have enough time. Uh, but yeah, definitely being able to take this and, and audit it. What would be even greater, uh, in my opinion, right, is if DRS would just do this automatically. Um, and right. and that's something that we're looking at. And hopefully you guys can give your feedback on this as well. Definitely. Okay, so now that we've looked at one log file, that's five minutes, and I have a day and a half, um, day and a half's worth of, of logs to go through. So how am I going to do that? Well, we added in an additional sh uh, shell script called log parser. Uh, here I am in the, uh, in the DRS doctor uh, folder, and if we just take a quick look, um, the parser script is in the logs folder, so if we just go into our logs, um, you can see that I've got, uh, oh, you know, this is not the one that has all of the logs. Here we go. We'll just do it from this one here. So if I run uh, log parser, what it's going to do is it will give me a thing that says no boundary files were specified or files were invalid. Um, and it will just go ahead and do all the, the uh, log files in this folder. Uh, the reason for that saying is that uh, you can go ahead and use uh, additional parameters to specify certain time ranges. So if you don't want to uh, aggregate all the different logs here for the entire time that you've run this, maybe it's 
you know, two weeks, and then you've got you know thousands of logs, um, you can use the the log parser shell script uh, with the parameters to specify the dates or the time range that you want to use, and it will it will um, output just those ones, and it creates the uh, the audit and entitlement and summary logs. So uh, I already had some in here because I, I ran this before. Um, but let's go ahead and just take a look at um, the audit log. So as you can see here, I've got uh, a portion of my logs. And this one shows that starting July 26th at uh, 7, uh, 7, 7 p.m., I can see that 12 uh, VMs were migrated by DRS, and I can see why. I can see that these ones were uh, a memory average uh, all the way down into a host and degradation mode. Uh, I'm not quite sure what that one is. I'd have to go look that one up. And one at the very bottom for, uh, for CPU. And we can see which hosts the VMs resided on and which ones they were moved to. And if I control D down, I can see this for all the different log files for every five minutes. So this is much easier to quickly go through and look at your day than having to open up every five minutes. You can see here, I had a number of times where DRS didn't do anything. Uh, the reason is, is that this is my, my home lab and I wasn't running the, uh, <laughs> the, the resource stress tests uh, during these times. But if I continue to go down, I'll, I'll hit another time that I was, I was doing that. We'll see um, some more VMs. Oh, there we go. You'll see here that DRS moved five uh, virtual machines around because of, of memory um, entitlements as well. And then five minutes later, it migrated one more for, for CPU average. Now keep in mind, I have my migration threshold set to five, which is the most sensitive. It has the least, uh, the, the smallest standard deviation out of all the different migration threshold settings. So this is going to move around virtual machines even for the slightest uh, gain uh, of, or benefit for the, the environment. So if I, if I back out of this one here, this was the audit log. If we go back here and we, we look at the entitlements, we'll then see for every five minutes all the different entitlements for the different hosts and virtual machines uh, for for that cluster. Um, so as we saw, you know, you can correlate if there was a vMotion that was done for, for VM17 and we saw that in the audit log and we saw that it was around memory fairness, then we could come in here find that same time and look and see, well, what were the entitlements? What was the demand, right? Was there any swapping? What was the shared size? Uh, active memory, where were we at, right? And you can dig down through this and and quite quickly uh, kind of start to see why DRS is doing what it's doing or why it's not, right? Um, if it's not making enough uh, uh, vMotions or DRS recommendations and you're set to level two or level three, try bumping it up to, to level four, right, or level five uh, and find that sweet spot where DRS is, is balancing everything out uh, in, in a way that is, is best for your environment. And finally, we'll go back here and look at um, the summary log. All right, so if, if we uh, wanted to quickly see when there were imbalances, um, 
when the when there were balances, and if any advanced options changed at a specific time. You know, maybe somebody put in an, adv an advanced option uh, while this was running. You would see that here. And you'd go, hey, okay, somebody put in an, an advanced option between 7:30 p.m. and 7:40 p.m. Um, you know, who was logged in? Why did they do that? And this is where we start seeing either performance gains or performance issues. Um, this is just a, an easy, quick way to troubleshoot that, as you can quickly go through all the different timestamps um, and logs. All right. Any questions? No, we are good. Awesome. Well, I will open it up for any other questions. I've pretty much covered everything that I had been planning to cover. Um, nice. I uh, thought maybe we'd have a couple more questions, but hopefully that just means that I did a good job covering everything. <laughs> uh, that was very comprehensive. Hold, hold on. Let me uh, let me check the uh, the twitters and the other areas for questioning. I will, I will put back out there again, though, um, for anyone that is interested in using this or has any comments or feedback on this, uh, I'll go ahead and put my information back up on the screen at the very end of this, but it's at uh, vbriangraph on Twitter and graphb at uh, vmware.com, and I'm always up for receiving feedback and comments. Uh, those that know me in the community know that I'm always reaching out with the, either surveys polls or just, just questions for the community. So uh, your comments, your feedback is what, what shapes our products to some extent. And uh, that's, that's very valuable to me. Okay, um, a couple, couple have popped in. Um, is this applicable to SDRS as well? This is only for DRS, yeah. good question. Um, any plans for graphs or reports? Uh, yeah, so that's a, that's a great question. So, you know, this is uh, all text-based. This is, uh, you know, pretty much all CLI-based, um, and so it has its um, it has its issues. Um, one of the things that we've talked about doing, and I've talked about with uh, the team that created this, is in an, an additional version. Uh, we don't have a, a time frame for this yet. Uh, would be to have uh, graphical um, charts, right? Um, right. Maybe maybe pass this out to a, a CSV instead of a log file. Um, and then also, uh, I, I think I'll, I'll talk with them too about being able to, to pass this type of thing onto syslog. So that was, a, that was a great comment. Cool. Uh, nope, okay, so, so we are clear for questions. Um, uh, if, you want, if you want to go ahead and put your uh, contact information back up again, um, I'll give the guys a couple, couple more seconds to uh, feed anything by. Yeah, so outdoorsy and clean shaven. Look at you. <laughs> cool. That's, that's what people uh, think I look like. That's only when I'm out in public. When I work from home, it's uh, a little less clean shaven. Oh yeah. But, uh... well, we we all we all, uh, we all tend tend to let things go by the wayside. I'm uh, currently very bearded. <clears throat> um, I'm not I'm not that much, but uh, I think we we all tend to let ourselves go a little bit here. <laughs> Well, uh, you especially in a couple of months, you're going to be letting yourself go really far. <laughs> That's <laughs> once you, for sure. Once you stop, is it is it going to be your first? It's uh, baby number three, so we're starting oh, to get outnumbered no. if we're by ourselves. Oh, okay. Well, then, then you're already used to all the sleep deprivation. We'll see. <laughs> cool. Okay. So um, we are definitely good for questions. Uh, uh, Twitter is clear. Local questions are clear. Awesome. 
Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, stop recording uh, now.